Welcome to the More Than Entrepreneur podcast. Here's Josh, ready to deliver you more than you would ever expect from a business podcast. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the More Than Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Payne, and I'm super excited about a guest uh, that we have on the podcast today. Uh, this individual is someone I've known for, I don't know, a little like 12, 15 months now. We met through a mastermind group, which um, has led me to, you know, meet several, in, you know, incredible people and, you know, create incredible relationships, partnerships, uh, and just overall friendships. So the individual that we're going to have a conversation with today is Brent Knott. He is the owner of Design It Wraps, uh, located in Florida, which I'm super jealous about right now because I'm in Ohio and it's, uh, you know, I think it was like 22 degrees yesterday. It's going to get up to 58 degrees today. So, uh, yeah, I'm mad jealous about where you're at, dude. And, uh, super impressed with what Brent has been able to do over the past, I would say, you know, 15 months or so, Brent, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, I personally watched Brent change, not only physically, uh, I would say mentally, I've had conversations with him about where he's going to take his business to. And, uh, this guy's going to do really big things. And, um, you know, you will have some golden nuggets as you walk away from this, especially if you're, I would say, newer in your entrepreneur journey. Um, Brent's an absolute stud. So welcome to the show, dude. Thanks, man. Um, it's an honor to be here, man. So yeah. I feel the same about you. No, no the, the, the honor, the pleasure's all mine. Brent jumped in last second for me. We had a reschedule for today. And I'm like, look, I wanted Brent on here anyway. Um, uh, and this guy just gets it done. So he made time for us today. We're going to definitely respect his time and just get right to it. So, uh, Brent, you know, how many, tell us about where you're at today. How many shops do you own? What got you into entrepreneurship? Why are you where you are today? All right. So we have, uh, three locations, uh, currently, and we had, uh, built both of those out this last year. And, um, we're currently at about, I believe we're at either 11 or 12 employees, um, and then we have a couple contracted people. And so, you know, what got us here, I would say is just a lot of pain. It's been, uh, I've done it all out of pocket. So no, no loans, no nothing. And that's because I don't really understand that game just yet. And so I don't want to play with, I guess you say play with the devil um, because you can get bit real good with that. Um, you have to be pretty strategic and it's just not what I understand yet. And with how fast we were moving, I just did everything out of pocket. And, um, so that was stressful. It, it finally, it got me in February actually of this year. I had to call my business coach and I was like, yo, I don't know what happened. And when I mean, we turned it around on, on a dime, but it was just literally got slapped in the mouth on cash flow. And it was the first time in 10 years I've ever felt financial pressure. So, uh, number one, you have, you have three locations. So that's something to be extremely proud of being a multi-unit owner. That's what, what I called in the world I'm from. I'm sure, you know, you had to go through some pain there and I'll tell you right now, brother, like, you know, over the course of my 10 years in entrepreneurship, like I'm jealous. It took you 10 years to feel the strain of cash flow, uh, because just based upon like, you know, the business I'm in moving the primary business, it's super seasonal. So, you know, April through let's call it September, I feel like I'm, you know, like Elon Musk or Mark Cuban, you know, I'm like big baller. And then come, you know, October through March, we're pinching pennies and it's like back <laughs> to the basics, right? So yeah, man. Uh, that you know, that those stresses you felt that I feel in like every every fall and winter, just based on the seasonality of my business. So uh like what did you always know growing up that you were gonna be an entrepreneur? Was business ownership like always in your future, or was this something that just kind of came along out of nowhere? Completely accidental. I mean, I was a lazy, 
I, I, I don't know that I was lazy. I just had my intentions in the wrong things, I guess you would say. Um, you know, I, was, I would sell video games accounts and stuff like that. So I guess that would be a little entrepreneurial. It's just kind of in a wasted space, right? So like uh, I bought my first car selling uh, accounts where I was really good at games. And so I would build it up and then people couldn't do that. So they'd buy it from me for a thousand, two thousand dollars to make themselves feel good, I guess. I don't know. But um so did that for a long time. And then obviously, as you age, you you get not as good as these little kids anymore. So had to grow up. But no, I um, <clears throat> accidentally fell into business, um, you know, kind of like your story. I ran into a mentor that just 180 my life. And I saw that as an opportunity. And I just knew that I could I had nothing to lose. Um, and And so I just sent it like, I mean, I did everything wrong, definitely for the first probably six, seven years of, as far as the 90 hour work weeks and basically spinning your wheels to do nothing. Um, oh, yeah. but you know, I learned a lot of lessons in it. So now I can stand and die on that hill that you shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, that, and really that's the only way I found like, uh, you know, in my journey to learn is just to do right. I don't, you know, people, I talk about it often as like, you know, people at times analyze so much that like, you just like, by the time you're done analyzing, dude, it's, it's way past the time that you should have gone. And then we're, now you're really behind the eight ball and you're really kind of, uh, you know, I would say you, you could be light years ahead of your competition, but generally speaking, when you're getting, you know, paralysis by analysis, you're actually sitting there and allowing your competition just to go ahead. Yeah. So it's like, just go, just do and figure it out as you go. So as you were figuring out, as you went, you know, I'm sure you use like the simple measures that we've talked about on here before, like Google or find a mentor or, mm -hmm. you know, talk to people who already do it. Right. Yep. Yeah, it's exactly. I mean, I got fortunate. That I had a mentor day one. Like a lot of people had to go find their mentor, but like day one I had a mentor. He he definitely changed my whole perspective of thinking. And it's hilarious that like all the lessons I learned from him, I only just now understand because like he spoke such big business. I mean, he was four years in doing, you know, uh, multi eight figures or no nine figures, multi nine figures. Yeah. And so and it's just, you know, just couldn't fathom like he, he was just so far advanced and, and he couldn't he could dumb it down to someone to me, but I still couldn't comprehend what he was telling me. And so one of the best things he always told me was listen to me now, hear me later. I like that. And so I've never heard uh, that. I like that a lot. Yeah. So, you know, I still, we still communicate quite a bit. This is actually his little helmet sitting here. I got a wrap. Uh, I signed a contract with him when I bought him out that he gets work for free and he brings me nonsense. Nonsense. <laughs> but, just, just, just but, to keep you busy. <laughs> hey, he's like, I don't want to throw you a curveball, but here's a helmet wrap. I'm like, man, I hate helmet wraps. I don't do them for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it I'm him. sure they're tedious, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's no fun. So, dude, let's 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 a little curveball here. I wasn't, you know, we like to kind of talk a little bit about ahead of time, like what we're going to talk about. But one thing we, you know, like I want to get into is like you've mentioned your mentor. You've mentioned him to me a couple of times. I've heard you talk about this individual as a, you know, young entrepreneur. And just to clarify, when I say young, I'm not talking about age. I'm not saying like 18 or 22. I'm saying young in your entrepreneur journey, yeah. like year one, two, three, four, five. I, and fuck, even 10 years in, like you're still super young compared to a lot of people. But how important would you say it is for someone to find a mentor? Would you suggest that mentor is in the space that they want to be in? Um, and ultimately, you know, is the investment 
worth it at the end of the day? Because in my opinion, that's a lot of times what holds people back is the money up front. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's mandatory. If you if you want to consolidate time, it's absolutely mandatory because like you said, I with him on 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 my back pocket, then he handled all of like the uh, structure of the business. In this case, he was my partner, right? And I just focused on the fundamental part of just selling and fulfilling and he handled all the legal accounting, et cetera. Um, there were crazy advantages to it. I mean, I, I literally had unlimited working capital through his Amex with rules. Like the rules were like, if it was a big project and, you know, I didn't know what was in the bank. I didn't ever ask, but um, essentially if, if he's like, if you had a huge project, let's just say it's 10 grand, do it on the third, like when the re revolution hits on the credit card. So you have 45 days to fulfill it. Make sure yep. you get your cash flow. Make sure you get your deposits up front, et cetera. So I had rules. So I never had the stressors of like, hey, this is my working capital. Like I just got to flex, a, you know, use a credit card as like a flex um, revolving credit line. And um, so I got to learn some of those skills really early on. I got to learn how to manipulate points to where, you know, basically I travel entirely for free. Uh, stuff like that. I mean, these are little small things that are huge. Um, and I think that you you cut so much time down instead of learning. Because a lot of times we already know the answer. We just need affirmation. Mm -hmm. And we're scared. And that's some of the analysis by paralysis, I think. Having somebody in your corner that just tells you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear, yep. is different. Yeah. So, oh, dude, it's it's completely different, right? Because, you know, as, number one, you have to have a certain, from my experience and you know, obviously this is just a conversation. So chime in, but dude, my experience is any entrepreneur has to have a chip on their shoulder or an ego of some sort mm -hmm. to even have the audacity to, uh, you know, not follow the cultural norms and work your eight to five or your nine to six and, you know, clocking it out for 40 hours a week. Right. So these people, us entrepreneurs, like we have a chip on our shoulder from something. Right. Um, and, and I think at the end of the day, looking at a mentor or, telling, you know, thinking to yourself, like, you know, I, I can do this. I already have, you know, I'm going to do it. I've already told myself I'm going to do it. Why would <laughs> I need to have somebody else tell me what to do? Right. Yep. And, I, and I think the key thing I took, dude, is you said shrinking time. Yes. Well, why would I not pay somebody 15, 20, 30 grand that's done what I want to do for 10 plus years mm -hmm. and allow them to pour into me for five or six months or for a year yep. or whatever it might be. Right. Yep. The so ROI on that his, is likely uh... understated to to you know to the millionth degree mm -hmm. because you can't place an ROI on something like that if you actually listen to what they're telling you you can't so he was really good at uh, metaphors or whatever but uh uh he would say I've rented that movie I like that so so basically like anytime he didn't need to explain it to me and like I I, I needed him to explain it to me he's like listen I've, I've rented that movie just trust me yeah and so I, dude, I like that I'm gonna start telling my kids that hey I've rented that movie yeah I'm going down that path Mm -hmm. uh, yeah that's a little nugget there dude i think for any leader um dude it's all dude it's hard for me i'm like hey we need to we just need to go down this path right now and do it this decision is being made i always believe in explaining the why behind it but it's super mm -hmm. hard sometimes because not everybody understands the why so yep to my team that's listening you're gonna hear me say that <laughs> so this movie guys we're gonna do this so let's switch gears a little bit dude one of the you know, one of the biggest shifts that I've seen literally from you is just on your health side, right? The physical side. Um, you know, I don't know how in depth you want to get into that, but you know, I, I don't know how much weight you've dropped. I know you're into like uh, marathons and running right now. Like it blows my mind that you're so dedicated to do that. 
I personally, like, I'm not a runner, right? I'm going to get in there and do, do my cardio and try to try to gain muscle. So I admire and I envy a lot of you guys who can just get out and run because I, I just, I don't have that in me, but. No, I don't either. That's the thing. Uh, we, we can thank Trevor for that because uh, June, I finished 75 hard and we were sitting around a campfire at the RBO meetup and he was just like, you can do 75 hard again. I was like, yeah, he goes, don't. And that was weird because, you know, Trevor's like all into that. And I was like, that's really weird. He was like, do it for you like take all the dopamine out and because that's all he studies a lot of the dopamine triggers and stuff he's like take the checkbox off quit posting on facebook all do it for you and if you do that that's the that's the hardest thing you can do and if you can consistently do that you'll see a major improvement and so then he's like what do you hate doing i was like i hate running he goes that's your workout so that's I, I still hate running, uh, <laughs> honestly. But you're still, doing it, right? You yes. And you found a why behind it. He's talking about Trevor Cowley, uh, RBO, uh, Real Business Owners Podcast, and Mastermind Creator with Kale. Those those two dudes are they're badasses. They're great mm -hmm. people, in my opinion. They have fantastic intentions, and I think they're going to do really big things. But I think yeah, there's dude, a I mean, parallel for business for it. Really, for me, is what the real why was. I'm really good at procrastinating. And so, and, and not doing something and I can ignore something to the highest degree. Like, I don't know why I just can. And, um, with running every single day that I would have to run, it was like, I really don't want to do this. And I did it anyway. And so then it start your, your, like your internal bullshit or excuse meter starts to shrink because you start stacking all these, uh, plus ones, if you will, of like, I did it when I didn't want to. I did it when I didn't want to. I didn't really want to pay for the HVAC unit, but you know what? Okay, cool. Um, let me go ahead and get it. I really didn't want to spend the extra $2,000 a month for the front space on that building when I've already dumped this much money and I hadn't made anything in like, comparison to the prior years because I'm in full investment mode. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to do it anyway because the long-term value is that much better. And so like, it's just a mental shift of um, you know, just do it. Dude, I'm going to do it anyway, right? Yeah. So one of one of my mentors, Ed Milet, which I think I think I've seen you post, you follow him a little bit, you know, oh, yeah. I'm just going to kind of like, you know, I'm not going to say it the way he says it. Um, but I think that, you know, one of the things that triggers me all the time that, that Ed and, and a couple other people talk about is like people, you, you create um, not self-awareness, but you create self-confidence by doing the things that, you know, not only others won't do, but doing the things that you don't want to do, right? You just do it anyway. And that's how you create self-confidence in, in anything that you're doing. When you don't feel like going for a run, like you said, Brent says, hey, just do it anyway. Mm -hmm. You Like you said, you stack those little wins mentally. So then I'm assuming that created a level of self-confidence for you yeah. that then kind of poured into your business that allowed you to, to grow the business and to get you to where you are today, right? And it yeah. all started with just, hey, I fucking hate running. I'm going to make myself run and just probably you know, was like jet fuel for, yeah. for not only your, you know, your personal life, but your business life as well. It created a different dynamic around the team too. Cause I, I do what I say, like none of my guys thought I could. And actually by the time I ran the 50 mile run, like they all believed that I could, but yeah. like none of them thought I could like keep rolling into that for, you know, eight months. So it's just, it was interesting to see like when I would say something that was a little more hop and a skip to it not because I was mean about it, but because like I'm doing exactly what I'm saying right now. Right. Well, so you created, a, you created that level of uh, accountability, mm -hmm. right? You, you just, you just raised um, the level of accountability that you had to your team. 
I'm yep. assuming, right? Just by telling them what you were going to do. And as a younger entrepreneur, I think it's it's extremely important to understand that uh, you your team is not just accountable to you. You are accountable to them. And when yes. you tell them you're going to do something, you damn sure better do it because you can, for 10 years, be an amazing leader. And you tell them one time in year 10, you're going to do something and not follow through and just crumbles. Yep. Right. So, uh, you know, within my organization, I tell them constantly, I'm accountable to you. You're accountable to me. If you tell me you're going to do something, you damn sure better do it. If I do hold me accountable, right. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about it. Say, Hey, Josh, you said you were going to do X, Y, or Z and we never did it. Right. So that's spilled over into your team. So your team sees their leader winning and winning, you know, at a faster rate on a bigger rate than he's ever won before. Um, I can only assume that that has kickstarted a lot of people to, you know, change their lives within your mm -hmm. team. Which is, again, I mean, it's just like, you know, like a bomb that can go off within your organization. It all starts at the top. Yeah, yeah Wes, the guy that's running the shop in the front. I mean, it could be one of the things that made confidence for me to to buy the front unit. I don't know. Uh, he actually off the couch decided to run with me on the last 20 miles of the 50, and he's never even run more than 10 miles. So that's incredible, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine the dopamine hit you got from like seeing your, I'm assuming like one of your top guys just pop out there with you. Yeah. Knowing he's not a runner, knowing like he had no intentions of doing that. Yeah. That's going to be an amazing feeling, dude. Yeah. It was super cool. I mean, we definitely pushed each other. Well, yeah. Those last 20 miles. I can imagine if you missed it, Brent said he ran 50 miles. I don't know if I ran 50 miles in my freaking life, dude, like combined. So. It was the hardest thing I've ever done because I was injured too. My knee actually hurt on mile one. Like my IT band was flared up. So I had how to literally. Bad was how loud was that bitch voice in, in mile one, mile two? Well, I was fortunate that everything worked in my favor. So I'm a cheap ass. And uh, the Rolex 24 hour was the same weekend. So my two-star hotel was like $650. So that helped a lot because I was like, I'm not wasting 650 bucks to quit. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I got to get out. That six hundred fifty dollars is motivate me to. Yeah, to it was motivation, myself. dude. That's that's badass. I, I got, I got. Yeah, I, like I said, man, I admire that. And it, it, you know, and I think that the reason I wanted to go down into that path that I saw with you from like the physical standpoint is I've learned over the years when I'm like super focused on my health, I'm super focused on like getting my workouts in every day. Mm -hmm. It automatically starts rolling in and like seeping into my business. Right, I'm way more focused on what's going on the day to day. I'm way more interested in what's going on. Brent being a multi-unit guy, I'm a multi-unit guy. It's not easy, right? Like yeah. you think running one business is hard. Run three, run nine, 10, 11 with 11 different personalities leading them and their teams. And you will see how quickly and how easy it is to stop focusing on your physical health, to stop focusing on, you know, doing the right shit every day. And then, you know, I'll just tell you from experience. I mean, it's like a snowball effect, man. Like you could just get worse and worse and worse and worse. And then you find yourself, 15, 20 pounds heavier, mm -hmm. drinking four or five nights a week. And you just kind of like, what in the fuck am I doing? So I, mm -hmm. I think that, you know, I hope the audience takes away from that. Like your physical health is a direct, will have a direct correlation on the success of your business health as well. Period. Yeah. End the story. It's proven time and time again. So I had to fixate on that 50 mile run with my knee hurting. Uh, my first goal, you'll laugh at this. My first goal, I had to break it down. Uh, Cause I had not run the whole month before I was trying to heal. Right. So I walked the entire time. So I haven't ran for a month and I was just trying to maintain my health. And um, I got this whole 50 miles ahead of me. It's 5 a.m. dark on this freaking trail. And my knee just starts barking at me literally a quarter mile in. And I'm like, what am I going to do? And um, 
And so I just decided I have a Garmin watch and I can change like the settings on it. And so I decided to have it beep at me. I already had it preset for my eating and drinking. So I took a lot of the thought process out for my mental fatigue. Sure. And every, every 30 minutes, it would beep at me to eat and drink. And then I changed it to every quarter mile, it would tell me to walk. And every three quarters of a mile, it'd tell me to run. And so my whole breakdown on that was just to get to the next walk. Like regardless of how bad it hurt, just endure the pain and then just get to the next walk and so i just broke it down to getting to the next walk and i kept doing that over and over and before you knew it 12 hours had passed 12 hours have passed and you get your 50 miles done and mm -hmm. it's probably you know i would say probably the, i'm assuming the biggest physical accomplishment you've ever done i would say the mental was the the biggest thing for sure yeah. and, it, and it's really again i, I really only run for business like it, it treats it, it teaches you very quickly some business lessons before yep. you even experience them well i mean lesson number one like you know it's funny because I laughed the other day. I had a window guy at my house and he was like, Hey, you know what they say? You, you eat an elephant one bite at a time. And I'm like, it's a corn. Like I hate, like that's so corny mm -hmm. to say, but like, literally that's what you did on your run. And I would say from a business and an entrepreneur aspect, it's dude, like it's so overwhelming when you sit back and you try to think about like your year in advance, or you think about the next five years in advance. And it's like, listen, it's really good to plan. It's really good to have vision. Um, but you better become a master at just focusing on the present and mm -hmm. worrying about day by day by day. Um, you know, it's, it's win the day mentality. It's, you know, step by step, whatever it might be. And that's how you become successful. Like you, you're not, you're not going to win or, or achieve what you want to achieve by only focusing on the big picture and worrying about where you're going to end up at 12, you know, 12 months down the road. Yep. Right? We call them lead measures and lag measures. The lag measure is where you're going to be no matter what. The lead measure are the things you can focus on to propel yourself and to get you to where you want to be by the end, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I know I talk to the people that like I consult with all the time, like, hey, what are your lead measures within your business? What are your lead measures within your life? What can we focus on to make sure the end result is as close to where you want to be um, at the end of the day? And it's literally just one day at a time. Like, mm -hmm. I wish more people would understand that. There's no, there's no secret, right, Brent? I mean, it's not yeah. like, it's just like, dude, like just do the work every single day. Yep. Even it's really on the days you don't want to. It's even as simple as just three to four tasks. Frankly, yeah. that's really all I try to do every day is, is three to four specific tasks and anything else is my curveballs and time to deal with the day, but three to four tasks of like, what am I trying to achieve today to, to be better? Sure. And so how do you like, talk to me if I'm a first year entrepreneur, how are you figuring out what those three or four tasks are? Like in your head, like what, what what prior like how do you prioritize though what makes that list uh there's somewhat based on like your quarterly swats okay. of like strengths weakness opportunities and threats um and and so like if if communications are our number one problem q1 uh, which was what we decided in december then how do we communicate better what are the actual systems of like when this happens you do this how do you pretty much turn everything into an if else, but also still leave the soul in things? Cause I don't want people to be robots either. Um, to where, you know, I think systems actually sometimes can allow people to quack like a duck yep. as well. Cause they just fully leverage on it and don't think, and I think that's where core values come to play. But um, essentially I just kind of take that quarterly thing and just try to like create some kind of wireframe of how can I make it better? And it could be totally wrong, but at least you're, you're working on it. Right. Yeah. So constantly evolving. 
Mm-hmm. And then the, that evolution helps you, you know, understand what you got to focus on day to day. Whenever you expanded into your third store, what was your biggest challenge? Was it people? Uh, was it just like a cadence of communication and, you know, accountability? Like what was the, you know, I, let's say, let's take money aside, right? Like outside of cash flow, outside of investment, mm-hmm. what was the most difficult thing for you? I would say it's, it's, it comes down to probably communication logistics because we have the right people. Um, our team's very strong right now, uh, but there's the, you know, now you're stocking inventory for three locations. Um, you you have to uh, schedule for three locations, but the way we're also setting up is like this location I'm at at Amelia is kind of like somewhat of a call center. So just like how I was raised in entrepreneurship, they're not actually having to run the whole business entirely yet. They're getting to do just like I I'm handling the back end, the accounting, the marketing, the the QuickBooks, the everything like that, and they handle the front end, and then we slowly ease them into the business. And so there was some challenges with that to where we constantly having to explain kind of why that is what it is. And I went through the same thing uh, whenever I did it with Bill, where I just didn't understand certain things. And so we're trying to like track and systemize that uh, to where it's easier for each evolution beyond that. Because really, I think design is going to slowly become uh, employee owned. I think you kind of do the same thing where yeah. it's essentially I take, take top brass or, you know, take good people with good quality traits and give them a shot. And so we have a whole uh, employee tier list where like, as they progress, um, one of the things that I immediately implemented after Wes, you know, he jumped straight to the hot seat. So he's having to be like me and figure it all out. Whereas it's, let's just say we, we groom this person up from a level one installer to go from a three to a five, they have to start reading books quarterly. It's mandatory, not negotiable if they want to become a level five. And the whole point is, is to, to go ahead and teach them some of those business aspects before they even get it, if they really want it. And so that gets introduced to like, so we just hired a girl day one. First thing I handed, I was like, I can tell you want to run your own business. And she's like, yeah. I said, most people wouldn't hire you. Yeah. I said, uh, how long do you think you're going to be in Florida? She said, five years, my, my boyfriend's going to school. I said, in five years, you could have your own shop. Here's my plan. Yeah. And I said, I already have two shops that, that people are doing this. So and so I've already planted the seed that it's possible. Yep. Where do you want to go? She said, Charlotte. I said, I like Charlotte. Yep. So I've already planted a potential five-year seed for a Charlotte location. Yeah. If it yeah. works and out. And you'll likely do it much faster than five years if, if they're super committed. Right. Yeah, dude. No. So what you're doing is very similar to like what I do. And, you know, the reason the why behind why I do it outside of like moving people forward and like really trying to change family trees, I provide that opportunity because I realized very quickly that in order for me to really like expand and achieve the personal stuff I want to achieve, like it had to become about my people and about opportunity. And I think that that's a missed, um, it's just, it's missed by all entrepreneurs because Let's just face it. If you don't have a really good mentor or if you don't have someone teaching you the lessons about, you know, giving to others and creating um, a mission that's, you know, customer based and people based, you're extremely selfish. Like most entrepreneurs are extremely selfish people. Like they only care about, you know, themselves at the end of the day. And, and yeah, dude, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are selfish that are way more successful than you and I, there's a lot of them. Um, you know, I don't know how satisfied they are. Um, at the end of the day, you can only have so many cars and so many houses and so much money in the bank. But 
like I did it, dude, because, you know, initially, like I knew if I wanted to, to make more money and, and to have more stuff, well, I had to expand. And the only way to expand is to get people to buy in and, you know, have that entrepreneur spirit. So I think what you're doing is amazing. Like I, when I, once you kind of explained to me that you were doing a very similar model, like it excites me because mm -hmm. I think that it's, it is our job as entrepreneurs to show others like what's possible. And mm -hmm. to like help them along the way, just like I was helped along the way, just like you were helped along the way. I was in a very similar position. I had my first franchise. I had a partner. A lot of the cash flow came from him. A lot of lessons learned. Like you talk about those little lessons about like managing your credit cards and paying attention to the 45 day split, like all that stuff, right? Like you just like, if you're just off on your own, dude, you don't, you don't get those lessons. You don't know. And, and yeah. then you're sitting there, you're hurting yourself, but the way you're doing it's the right way to do it. And I'm excited. You're going to explode. You're going to, you know, you're going to become nationwide. I know that's something that you talk about uh, kind of franchising, right? Just having that ability because you're doing it the right way. Yep. Right. You're not doing it. And, and I don't feel like you're doing it, you know, simply to make Brent richer. I really feel like you're doing it to help other people. And like, to, like you said, Hey, I can tell you want to own a business. So I'll mm -hmm. help you do that. And that's yep. where everybody's focus should be. How can I help others? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely the slower path, um, to an, to an a uh, certain extent, but I mean, that book give and take, it says givers are on the bottom of the totem pole and they're on the, the highest in the totem pole. And Alex Ramazzi finally broke it down in a pretty cool way where if you're an eight out of 10 giver, meaning if you, it's okay to stand up for yourself, it doesn't mean that you have to be nice all the time. Um, but if you constantly give, like you will get back, but if you're a 10 out of 10 giver, you'll get taken advantage of. And so, uh, If you can just find that bad and, and also caring for yourself because being selfish is fine as long as it has a good positive context. You have to take care of yourself before you can take care of others, but you also have to give to others to bring them on board too. So um, I've definitely enjoyed giving the most. I mean, that's that's been like, like you said, money hits diminishing returns really quickly. People don't realize that. It's very fast. It's just like, oh, cool. It just gets you a, slightly shinier thing like it doesn't do anything for you no and how quickly does the excitement over that shiny new toy like go away and you're day one like okay. I, I remember like i so music was a big passion of mine and i always wanted a specific guitar got it sit to my closet yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> so and i i do enjoy it for certain reasons because it's kind of like a trophy in a way sure but it's not the same feeling that you think it was it was more the journey that got you there i guess yeah um and so really being able to see the team do those things and kind of like see their own journeys are way way more fulfilling for sure um getting hearing their ahas like yeah. like or hey man i finally rented that movie you know yeah it's like um, it's super cool to, or hey i finally finished that book or hey i you know i finally understand what you said to me a year ago like now it makes sense right like th I, those are the dopamine hits that i look forward to now mm -hmm. Yeah, I always make sure to call Bill. Um, I called him one time and I was like, hey, man, thank you for being such an asshole because he's yeah. super stoic, right? And he just started to laugh. He's like, why? I was like, I finally get it. <laughs> it makes sense. Thank you. Thank there you. And he just started laughing. And um, so, you know, I always make sure to call him whenever I hit those lessons. You know, I had one just recently where, you know, somebody really wanted something for nothing, but he firmly believes in, uh, you know, how people can be dead wrong, for example. Yeah. Well, the lesson he told me is just like people could be dead wrong, you can be dead right. Yeah. And you can actually hurt yourself being too right. And so I was like, hey, man, I'm just making sure I'm not being 
dead right. Like, what should I do in this circumstance? And uh, it was a case where somebody wanted to, uh, they tried to uh, do a police report on me and all kinds of stuff, even though we did the right things, right? Sure. Um, and we did right by the customer, but they just didn't see it that way. And because um, there, there was de- damages on their vehicle, but they were notified of it three years ago and they just forgot the conversation. And, um, and so it was a case where we may have had to use the insurance and you try, you never want right. to use your insurance if at all possible. So, you know, I basically had my deductible and I finally just asked the person, what do you want? Yeah. And it went away. Like I just asked them the hard question. Like, you know, you don't want to give in just like, yeah. what do you actually want? What's what, what seals this? Like, how do you feel made? And they're just like, I just want to see if you stand behind it. I was like, well, there's nothing to stand behind. And then they just disappeared. But gone. Yeah. Yeah. Just want to be a pain. I spent like two days being mad about it. (laughs) I just want to be mad. I just want you to know I'm mad. Yeah, dude, that's so many like little golden nuggets, dude, that you've said. Like, it's obvious to me you've had an amazing mentor. It's obvious to me that you're going to be super successful as you move forward because you're mission based, man. Like the fact like I can tell very quickly, you know, when people are talking about like what gets them excited. And when you talk about like, Hey, like my team, like watching them, like, re- like you know, watching a movie or finishing a book, like when you care about that stuff and you're not like, yeah, dude, like I got this Lambo on order or like, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm going to like, you know, I got this big vacation plan. Granted all that shit's super cool. Um, but at the end of the day, like there's a separator. And if like, there's a, if you want to know the secret to like ultra success, it's exactly that the separator of caring more about others and pouring into others and getting those dopamine hits from others. than like, you know, I would say the materialistic things. I would say the biggest thing, the biggest change to the mistake that I made with what you just said was I would treat everybody how I treated myself. So I am very money driven, just like you like nice things. I like nice things. Yep. Uh, I can actually deal without them just fine. Like personality wise, like I don't crave them. I do like nice things though. Um, but some people don't have that same love language, if you will. And so understanding the love languages of like, I like money. Well, one of my guys likes lifestyle. And so I've literally 5X the output of this individual by, I sold a, a wall wrap in St. George. We went up there, did a, did a wall wrap St. George. I crushed it the first day, but I took my guy with me to help. Yeah. He didn't had a wall wrap, but I, you know, you know, built it into the project basically and brought him out and took him to the angels landing hike. And he had never seen mountains and that's something he wanted to do. So I took him to go see mountains and I took him to a freaking monster of a mountain, which is angels landing to see mountains for the first time. And this dude is literally like five X his production. He's happy. Like he'll do anything for us. Um, you know, another guy on my team, he wants to go see the, uh, the Northern lights and eat a bowl of macaroni and cheese. Very specific goal. That's very specific. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, cool, let's do that in two years. I want you to be a level three installer by then. And if you do that, I'll get you out there. So, you know, focusing on other people's goals and their love languages more is way more important than how you would want to receive the accomplishment or accolade too. Yeah. Well, everybody's different. Right. And that's the art of entrepreneurship is understanding how to lead everybody's different personalities. Right. I mean, it's, uh, it's one of the hardest things to do uh, without a doubt is just understanding that. And I think that's a major lesson, dude. And it's probably good. You learn that sooner rather than later. Right. It, it lets you hold the hard conversations too. Cause I'm not good at them. Like, I don't know. I think like you're probably pretty decent at the hard conversations. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe, 
you just come off like that. But um, Bill, that's his superpowers, having the hard conversation like that. Like if he hears anything, I mean, dude chewed me out for coming and checking on him because I told him we had a record month. And then his second question was, uh, uh, what are you doing with all your cash? And yeah. I said, well, expenses are a little higher than normal. Because I, what I meant by that is like we're we're pushing forward. He goes, well, what's your percentage of labor? Yeah, I couldn't answer in seconds, and he sat me down and chewed me out for thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah. hey, but, that's a lesson you need to learn, dude. Yeah, know your numbers. It's, like I and no, to be honest with you, no, like difficult conversations are all, they're still hard for me, right? Like Collins, it's it's hard. Accountability is hard. Holding your team, the, dude. Here's what's hard for me. I care about my people a lot, and I want to see them win. So. You know, I don't like not like just like with my kids, like I hate having to be the disciplinarian. Honestly, my wife is because I'm just like, I don't want to be a jerk. Um, I will, obviously, but it's kind of the same thing with my like my my team. I don't like having to do that. I just want you to do your job. I want to see you win. Will I have those conversations for sure? And dude, like I forget somebody said to me at one point, it's like, does it suck? Yes, it will always suck. But here, you know, you know, just think of it like this. When you want to be a boxer, say you're like eight years old, right? I want to be a boxer. You get in the ring, you take a punch in the fucking face. Guess what? It hurts bad. Like your nose is bloody. Your eyes are fucking swelling up. You take that punch for the hundredth time, the thousandth time, the 10,000th time. It, that punch still hurts. just doesn't mm -hmm. hurt as bad. It's the same thing like with difficult yeah. conversations. I still get a little bit antsy. I still get the butterflies in my stomach. But at the end of the day... Like you got to do what you got to do, man. Right. Like you said in the beginning, just it. do it anyway. The thing that's helped me the most with it though, cause I would avoid them. And this is where I kind of got like off track with it. Cause I built like, I just admire how Bill does it. But, um, using like knowing your team's goals, like one of my guys, he, he wants to have his house built by this year. Yeah. So when he's making a mistake or like, maybe he's a little derailed, I'm like, Hey, do you want this house this year? Like you need to do this. Like, this is what you have to do. Like, this is me keeping you on what you told me is your goal. And as long as you keep that like in mind, it helps a lot to have those hard conversations because there's a bigger why behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Find, find the why that's amazing. All right, man. I think we're about a half an hour in. I like, like I said, I mean, I'm sure that the audience has gotten some nuggets from you, dude. Um, you're obviously a very approachable person. So if they want to reach out to you on social, ask a question, uh, whether it be about, you know, the rap industry or just about entrepreneur entrepreneurship in general, how can they get in touch with you? Yes. Yeah, so on Instagram, somebody had my name. So it's, uh, I am not Brent and it's K N O T T B R E N T. And then it's just Brent not on Facebook. Yeah. That's clever. I like your Instagram name. I've always thought that was pretty clever. So yeah. I'm pretty active on both. I see you posting your stuff on there, man. Well, I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy dude. I appreciate you jumping on with such short notice. I will forever be indebted to you. So whatever you need from me, never hesitate to reach out, man. You're a awesome. badass. I love knowing you as a human being. Can't wait to see what you do moving forward, dude. Yep. Not a problem. Appreciate right, you. Appreciate you. Thanks, brother. Thanks for listening to the More Than Entrepreneur podcast. Be sure to follow Josh on Instagram at the underscore Josh Payne and subscribe to never miss a podcast by visiting thejoshpayne.com.